Hi, I'm Kurt Doty with Realm IQ, and this is yet another Realm IQ session. Today's guest is Haley Wilson, fairy godmother of AI, and she has a very interesting story. I can't wait to talk to you, Haley, about everything that you're doing for the promotion and support of the AI community. So tell us a little bit, bit about yourself and your intersection with AI and your illustrious career that got you to where you are today. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. You know, seeing who else I've got to see, share the stage with is really quite humbling. So a little bit about me. I, I have 15 years, more than 15 years of corporate America experience. My main focus has always been crisis communications. And so really started off with the Fukushima incident. I was working, I just started off in nuclear industry and, and public relations. And so thus started my, as you put it, illustrious career in crisis communication. So in that time, in those 15 years, I dealt with everything that was active shooters, sinkholes, wildfires, earthquakes, winter storms, gas explosions, pretty much all these things that are really scary and just frankly sad. And my role was if not to make it completely snackable and wonderful to hear to at least make it be digestible. So taking the things that are often scary and technical and then packaging it into messaging that people can actually live with, you know, to the point where they can live with the nuclear power plant in their neighborhood and not sleep and lose sleep at night over it. So I got to a point, got to vice president and I was like, yes, this is uh this is great, but I think that there's more that I could do for the world and I, I really want to be an entrepreneur. So I made the leap into entrepreneurship and that was right at the time of we started seeing ChatGPT everywhere and MidJourney. And I realized after chat playing with ChatGPT for what, maybe 30 minutes, I realized, oh, this is, this is changing everything. This is going to change the whole world. And so Thank you, God. You've kind of put me into this amazing crossroads. I can take my exper expertise of the technical and scary and make it be something that is easy to understand, which is what I think is so needed. So I've taken Thank that. You. Thank you for yeah. that. And just, you know, on the communication side, I, I think there are scary elements, as we've certainly talked about in length about AI. And so how do you combat that? And I think there definitely needs to be a, a better communication strategy. You know, I've been on this uh, ban, ban robot imagery as it relates to AI, which supports that narrative of dystopian doom. And and again, I, I have not met any robots in, in my interactions with all this software. It is software, people. That's right. And so I think that's one communication piece that that I'm trying to do from you know visual perspective. I'm a brander, so it's like I, I, I I'm an image maker for brands, and so I think the brand of AI ha has a problem. But continue telling us about some of your new ventures now that you are fully yeah. an entrepreneur. Well, my my original goal was to become an AI expert. And quickly realized that was not the right goal. It wasn't so much that there aren't great experts out there, but AI is so new and no, so nascent without actually going in and getting a PhD and knowing the stuff that how LLM works and all of that. You really couldn't call yourself specifically an AI expert. And where I actually saw 
the the value for me, I like people. I don't know if you can tell that, but I kind of like talking to people. So I wanted to take that that little bit of genius, my genius, and apply that. And I saw people like you, Kurt, who I very comfortably say you're an AI expert, not necessarily in terms of being able to understand all of the coding, but being able to use AI in expert ways. Because let's not forget that AI is a tool. It's, it can empower you or it can hobble you depending on how you use it. And so I am so excited to see the work that you're doing and that your team are doing to, to not only fix the PR problem with AI, but actually show the power of how to use it. So kudos to you, man. I think that's that's awesome. And that's why we created Impact, yes. which um, Impact is a virtual event. Our first one, first official Impact 2023 event will be November 7th, 8th and 9th. It's a three-day event, totally virtual. Don't have to put your shoes on to travel for that one, which is great. And we have 50 plus speakers. Each day has a theme. And the whole point of that is to ease the transition for people and professionals, businesses, entrepreneurs who really need to start learning this, this technology. If you touch a computer, I very confidently stake my, my own reputation on it that in two years time, the way that you interact with those computers, the way we interact with those computers are going to be completely different from the way that we see them today. So the horse has left the barn. Yes. Cry about the horse. Right. But, you know, I'm not a person who likes to be sad about things. Let's find a way to fix it. Let's let's shine a light on it and figure out a way way to deal with it. So that's why I created Impact, because I think bringing the smart people in the room, people with the best intentions, people building these tools, the people who are going to be using them and let let's bridge that so that they can serve each other's needs. Because at the end of the day, impact is ultimately a community. That's what we are. We're an event, but we're a community. Yeah. And I, being part of that community, I have found that people are extremely generous and supportive. Something I really never found in the the Web3 community that I was in for a couple of years. We all know where that ended up. Big fat zero. Hope you didn't buy any NFTs. But hey, I got a JPEG to sell you if you want to pay me a million bucks. Oh I got my plenty of JPEGs. In any case, yeah, I'm thankful for what you're doing and everything that you're saying is spot on. And thank goodness for people like you. There's been, a, as you know, a proliferation of, I don't know, AI universities, <laughs> real universities offering AI certificates, all at great costs from, you know, 3000 to $10,000. And I think the bandwagon of trying to immediately monetize this was not helpful because it put up a price barrier when we needed to remove the, the, the scare factor and increase the adoption factor. Uh, our slogan is adopt or perish. Not to be that fatalistic, but, but it's a reality. Uh, it, it is reality. And how do you, you know, lower these impasses so that people can embrace it and learn and not be intimidated? And I think you know your conference that I'm happy to be part of is is hopefully yeah. going to achieve a lot of that. There there are a lot of conferences out there as well. Um, yes. So there's you know different takes on on how people are pushing their specific point of view. 
Uh, but I think your range of speakers is such so great that people can perhaps find, you know, their uh, an, a, a profession akin to one of the speakers. And so they can find some real relevance to their their discovery journey. And so, yeah, I'm hopeful and I am sort of supporting the event in every way I can because you have a great mission so thank you very much it's more than just like I could have done that we could have just put up a bunch of certifications and hope that people buy tickets and for me I'm not trying to I mean I hate to say I I guess I am trying to sell tickets right but that's not my ultimate goal my intention is to is to generally this is my way of giving back I mean yes I have to make a living and this is how I've chosen to do it I'm very open. I'm an open book in, in terms of who I am as a, as a person, as an individual, and as a professional. My experience with corporate America was at times extremely fulfilling. I've, I learned a lot. I met so many wonderful, fabulous people. But ultimately, the system of corporate America for me and my personality did not work. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of people crushed in that system because it's a machine that uses people as if they were machines. Hmm. And I believe- well, Ironic, right? Ironic, <laughs> right? The threat and of robots replacing you, it's already a machine. They treat you like a machine. And and I don't think that that's um, intentional or there's like maliciousness in corporate America like that. I think it's just this, the vulture culture, this uh, culture of scarcity, this idea that the only things of value can really be bought or sold. We are only paying- two of our speakers and there were circumstances that required us to pay them and so the lot including yourself largely our speakers are because they get our mission and we've figured out ways to barter with them you know i've i've art hoffman he's part he's one of our speakers one of our sponsors he's got he's got the one cold click system that he uses on linkedin which has been incredibly helpful for us getting our message out on linkedin Normally he charges a, a, a good price, a, a decent price for that great service, but he's bartered with us mm -hmm. and being able to bring back this idea of bartering and more of a neighborly community is what I crave. I was, I'm, I'm Southern. I don't know if you picked up on that with my accent. I'm sitting here in North Carolina yeah. and back as we like to say, and I was raised in a small community where Miss Lib, when she fell and broke her elbow, everybody's beating each other up on our doorstep trying to give her a casserole. Mm. That's the world we all deserve to live in. I think it's possible now with AI. I think it's possible with impact. That for me is so much more than just a conference or teaching people AI. It's using this transformative technology to do this better, not the status quo. So when people ask me, Haley, there's so many freaking conferences around here, so many events about AI, why impact? And I say, because our, we're all about you and meeting you where you are. So, you know, not to get all up on my, my soapbox, but I'm incredibly proud of the communities. And I will tell you, we've been picky. It's not like we just pick everyone that wants to come. We had a, a speaker who was who was like, well, my main goal is to just find the corporate audience, to find a CMO as clueless. He'll pay me $10,000. I'd rather deal with that person than an entrepreneur that will, you know, dicker over $200. That is not the right approach, no. in my opinion, at all. That's going to do way more harm for AI than good. So that's not, there are, in my opinion, 
wrong ways to do this. And so we are being very intentional about how we approach it. Making mistakes as we go. Yeah. Well, yeah, I had to add that when this came out, just like you had the aha moment, I had the aha moment that this would quickly move to ubiquity, which it is. Everybody who interacts with a computer or smartphone, don't forget about smartphones, will be exposed to a, a prompt that says, can I help you with that? Can I help you write that? Where do you want to go? And so, so that widespread adoption, I think in three or four days, they had 5 million <laughs> users on chat. There's a reason for that because people, there was no technology barrier. They could immediately understand it. It had a simple Google-like interface where ask a question and you get not only just a response, but it gives you what, you know, gives you writing. It gives you, oh, you yeah. want to write a blog? Here, Here's the blog. Oh, um, everything. Yeah. And yeah. So it was just, you know, crazy. So the adoption, the impact that as it relates to every business, every person that is in digitally yeah. interacting with an interface, it's, you know, it's profound. And so with that profundity, you have to make the adoption such, even though you have all these users and, and now there's confusion, which platforms do users like, you know, 500 a week you know, being released? Mm -hmm. uh, you, you have to say, hey, experiment. It's okay. Play with it before it, whatever, but you got to get in the game. And there's going to be massive shifts uh, as it relates to the workforce. You know, Jamie Dimon just said <laughs> this past week that we're moving, we could be moving towards a 3.5 day work week. And mm -hmm. it's like, hmm, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, here's, here's a, you know, figurehead of banking saying that, you know, does that mean we only have to work if you're in corporate America, do, that we only have to work 3.5 days and maybe get paid the same? Or is it that, no, we only need you for 3.5 days and then we're going to downgrade your salary accordingly. I, ho I hope it's not that. Yeah. Um, and so that's, okay. that's an important messaging thing too, is that how do you keep the value of your decades experience of whatever vocation that you're in profession and say, yeah, I'm, I'm enhancing myself, but it's not to have a race to the bottom where I'm getting paid less because I'm more efficient. It should, there should be, and I'm just praying that this can happen, some solidarity, certainly among the creative community where we maintain our prices and saying, yes, I use all these AI tools to help me better perform for you as a client and help me solve more problems for you. And so it's not about getting me for cheaper because I can do things more efficiently. You have to turn the conversation around to, I can do more for you. And so it's a real value add. And I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that we can get over that because, you know, when Fiverr came out, it was like, Hey, logo for 75 bucks or whatever, 50 bucks, five bucks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But what do you get? And have you ever used Fiverr? Have you ever actually well, used Fiverr? I, no, I, I, I use Fiverr because there's some um, very talented people. It's not a diss to the talent. It's uh, harder to find. But it's this perception of, 
oh, you know, logos only cost $5. And it's like, well, you're doing a corporate identity and you hope to be, you know, an IPO at some point. There's some value to doing it the right way. And as a brander, that's my job is to tell you and educate you, the client, why you need to pay more than $5 for your identity. But, you know, shoot back to AI. It's like, we don't want to race to the bottom like Fiverr did. We want to add value and maintain our value offering, even though we're empowered by these tools. So that's an important thing to, to realize because, you know, corporate America is also saying, oh, great, we can just slash jobs now that everyone's using AI and then they fire everyone and and then they realize, well, well, who's supposed to use the, how do we do this thing? It's like, well, you should have fired everyone. Yeah. Oops. You should, you should train and upskill because you still well, need people. We will see that. If we're going to get to see is the world is the big sandbox for AI right now. And I think we've already started to see that there. I was having a really interesting conversation earlier this week with Kiva Donnelly, who is a co-founder of Legitimate. It's a um, AI tool specifically, not generative, but an AI tool for journalists. So that's their, they're, they're going after a very difficult market and um, journalists are just notorious even before AI of being very like tech resistant and cynical, I would say cynical, but skeptical. I mean, that's why they're good at what they do, but in her, it's just a very, I look at her whole point about dealing with journalists and having, figuring out what exactly are the things that they need was trying to make a point here with with Kiva Donnelly. What was it? <laughs> so sorry, but my I guess what I'm trying to say is that that's what it is. She was telling me that there are some report, some agencies or some um, news rooms that will not touch AI, even even for her tool, which is not generative AI. In fact, most of her clients require her to sign a not an NDA that she won't disclose who actually uses her tool. Because they're that concerned about being associated with AI. You have that on one end. The other end, there was a New Jersey publication. I can't remember the name of it. It's escaping my mind right now. That has done away with its a good portion of its human staff and has actually taken on AI reporters. And they're saying that 100% of their content will now be AI generated. And it's their, their value proposition for that is that these are unbiased. That is very disconcerting because it's obviously not true. AI absolutely has a bias. And I think it's really, really scary that there's anyone, especially someone reporting news, operating that it isn't. So I, all of that to say, we're going to see all these different experiments. Same with corporate America. We're going to see businesses make really bonehead decisions and decide to replace their humans with AIs. And then they're going to realize that was not a good idea. Then we're also going to see businesses that say, I'm not going to touch that AI stuff. And they're going to fall behind because their people are going to leave. And we'll tell you, if you're in corporate America, if you're a boss, if you are not building your people up to learn AI, you are doing them a disservice. Similarly, if you are someone in corporate America or any job and you're waiting around for your boss to teach you AI, more is the fool that you are because it's nobody's responsibility except for you to upskill yourself. So those are my two messages, but we're going to see it all. And I would just say, sit back, get the popcorn and watch. Cause it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be painful. But. Yeah. Well, painful, but 
Yeah, I, was, I was encouraged today that there's this this move towards protecting copyrighted works. And they they used Harry Potter and they trained an LLM to not draw from Harry Potter's vast library in this LLM. And the LLM worked, learned and worked and learned to reject any any request about Harry Potter, whether it's literary or, or image-wise. And so that gave me hope that, yes, these machines are learning and they can learn the right way, but it has to do, what are you asking it to do? And, and I would add that in terms of journalism as an industry, I, I you know, applaud that, that company that says we have AI journalists because it's going to be those AI journalists who prompt and ask the system to do something and also pump it full of inclusivity and anti-bias in their prompts they're going to train those LLMs to be anti-bias and and have a more holistic representation of of race and sexual orientation and sexes and all that. So so but it but it takes an organization, you know, a a part of, you know, a large part of industry to help do that. If everyone's afraid of it and they just say, "Oh no, it's bias." you can't stop at that. You have to dive, dive in there and recognize that you're part of that training. You Absolutely. can train it. You can train it. And so I applaud those uh, journalists who who have embraced it. I Yeah, I applaud anybody who takes that, takes the the risk and train in learning it. I mean, it's when I first realized that this was going to change everything, I, I have to say the first thing I thought about was my job. Think about it. Oh, yeah. Or crisis communications, you know, one of the biggest challenges as a crisis communicator is dealing with your emotions. An AI doesn't have emotions. An AI will do exactly what you ask it to do. And I thought about it and it kind of hurt a little. I was like, oh my God, like 15 years? What was that for? But then I realized that, you know, the stuff that we can get it to do is actually the stuff I hated doing. It's an awful thing to ask a person to abandon their own human emotion as much as possible to be able to do a job. And there's a lot of jobs that we do that. I mean, I I think there's a there's things that we have to ask ourselves that yes, it's scary that AI could come and replace that, but maybe in the long run, that's not such a bad thing. You know, like AI teachers, AI professors, they were they are endlessly patient. They have all the time in the world. They don't need to eat. They don't need to sleep. They can be with your child 24-7. Yes. You can go and look at the output that they give your child. That's pretty appealing to me. Maybe that's a good way. But then, of course, I think about all of the wonderful teachers that because they had emotion, they were able to touch me. And that came out weird. But you know what I mean? Like, get me emotionally <laughs> where otherwise, intellectually, maybe not. So we're just going to figure this out. And I guess the, the big thing, this is a big thing about um, our third day at Impact, right? Which is the focus on future. It's not just the future of the industry. It's the future of you as the attendee, as the human being. How do we navigate all of this ambiguity with grace and how we give each other patience? And oh. that's the, the big piece, right? Oh. We don't know what the heck we're doing. 
Yeah, human-centered AI. Yes. I, I come from a creative world and user experience design world where human-centered design was always a big thing and kind of newer as we're now faced with all these interfaces we you know interact with every day. But transitioning that human-centered design to human-centered AI, it still puts the human at the center. And, and I will say, yes, these LLMs, don't have emotions yet, <laughs> but I think creating emotional and authentic work, you can partner with your AI assistant, your AI co-pilot mm -hmm. and produce material that is authentic, is funny, is reflective of you because it can learn your brand voice or learn the voice of a brand that you're working with. So I, I, I do believe that emotion, which, you know, coming from the branding world, we're always trying to elicit emotions from whatever creative we put out there. I, I believe it's all possible and yeah. it's, it's, it's working with the system and training, training these systems and recognizing that what you're putting into it and what you're asking it to do is a conversation and feel free to put emotion into it and educate it on what does it and mean? You can tell it to be emotional. You can say, make this warmer, make this more loving. There, you know, what's kind of interesting that is popping in my head is that there were these studies that they did at the beginning of the summer about around ChatGPT. And they did a study where you had doctor's bedside manner, right? Patients rating the doc, like human doctor's bedside manner, and then doing the same for chat GPTs, like quote unquote bedside manner. And unanimously, the chat GPT bedside manner came over, was like significantly better. And I'm sorry, I'm not remembering the exact, but it was amazing to me. That's like, oh, actually, yeah, because ChatGPT can be patient with you, you know, and it isn't on in a rush to go see another doc, you know, another patient. And we put so much on our poor doctors. I don't, I don't blame them for the way that they they are. But I thought that was kind of interesting. That already, we haven't had ChatGPT for that long, and it's already kind of beating out in, in some of those skills, the human skills, the soft skills. I I just wrote a lengthy blog on the healthcare industry's embrace of AI, so you should check that out. Cool. Yeah, and and I think because of all those reasons, the healthcare and medical industry is one industry that is has not only embraced but is it's actually going to excel because there is a concern for a patient's outcome. There's a unified mission for the best possible outcome for patients. It's a different model versus the greed model of we just want to make money off of from open AI to like monetize this, you know, where the healthcare industry still is, you know, based on the Hippocratic Oath, they're altruistic in what they want to achieve for their patients. And this, I was pre-med in college, so I still have an affinity for the medical industry and understand it. But, you know, look for advancements in AI quicker oh in, in yeah. healthcare and medicine than Biotech. in the industry. Think about, so I, I worked at Illumina for a couple of years in my little foray into biotech and DNA sequencing. Part of the challenges with DNA sequencing is the the amount of information, 
right? And being able to compute all of that and how expensive it is to do that. Now, it used to be extremely expensive and and took forever to do the human um, genome, right? Now, it's $1,000 for one person and you can do it very quickly. So, in fact, we even have DNA sequencing for our dogs <laughs> and our cats. Mm-hmm. So, where I get excited, though, is in the areas of oncology, right? And these, what we call rugged, rugged, so rare and undiagnosed diseases, which there's a lot of people all over the world affected with these things that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. That's where AI can come in and see patterns that we're not able to see because our brains just can't do it. And they're able to compute so much faster. So, there's a little biotech geek in me that's just like oh my gosh we might actually see maybe not the cure for cancer but a very reliable treatment and a very reliable way of detecting it and eradicating it that's the hope and dream for my nephews and their generation yeah and we have that because of ai yeah so i just get all times all kinds of excited about that yeah yeah, and that's you know a very positive thing that comes from all the technology, which still is steeped in fears. But I, I like focusing on the positive, and I'm hoping that you know we, as the human race, as we're unburdened with the you know tasks that are we I don't need to do anymore, that we can elevate ourselves to a higher thinking and solve larger problems in life in our own lives or problems for the world. And, you know, those are, those are lofty goals, but I, you know, we're only using a quarter of our brain. Maybe yeah. this helps us access more of our brain because maybe we're less stressed, maybe because, Hey, we're going to work 3.5 days a week or we're satisfied more because we're, we are being productive and contributing. And so, you know, let's hope that the better, betterment of ourselves can benefit the world or society in a way that we we haven't imagined before and maybe can't even imagine right now uh, oh, absolutely. the the effect of of all this acceleration who knows where we'll be in one two th- or three years but it does take people with imagination to kind of forge that future and say and guide it right we need yeah. people and activists to help governments and countries regulate <laughs> this and help give us some guidelines so that we don't go to the dark side but stay on the the light side there will always be bad actors you know we've talked always. about this length but i i like focusing on the positive because I I'm an optimist. I'm an eternal optimist. And Harry Como over here, accentuate the positive, eliminate right. the negative, right? Well, it's like I said, you know, the horse has left the barn. We can be chicken little and go around and say, oh, the sky is falling. Woe is us. We're all going to die. I don't see any value in that. I don't yeah. see how that's going to help you at all. I think that this is a tool like anything else. It's value neutral. It's going to do a lot of great gonna do a lot of great it's gonna do a lot of bad yeah and i also believe if you look at human history which is a pretty good indication of the future believe it or not every single time we've had a technological advancement it's resulted in job creation sometimes initial job loss absolutely that's going to be painful and we will have it but ultimately job creation wealth creation 
better standard, higher standard of living, not only for the not only for the workers who interact with the technology, but the society that benefits from it. And I think that AI will be the same in this case. So it, it, to your point, it's up to us to to keep shining the light on it, do our due diligence. Don't let the negative be the reasons for us not doing it. But we're smart. And we have AI here to help us out to help mitigate some of the challenges that are going to come across our come our way. But here's here's the other thing I think about. This society isn't great. I mean, it's it's like I feel like what Churchill says. It's like it's the worst society. It's the worst type of what is it type of economy structure. Um, but it's better than everything else or whatever he says. I feel like. Corporate America and the way that we structure the wealth gaps that we have, not just in this country, but all over the world, the system is broken. People have been saying that for a very, very long time. So for me, AI is this transformative force. It could be the catalyst. It could actually be the thing that enables and empowers smaller Joes and Janes and everyone in between, like me, to do better in the world because I think right now that part of the the challenge is not only the uncertainty but the powerlessness that people feel in it I want to make people feel power again I want them to feel that they have power in their lives and they have power in their businesses and that AI can be that ticket for them it's not going to solve it's not a panacea it's not going to solve everything for them but it could be this this really bright new shining opportunity for them so that's the stuff I choose to focus on with impact. Yes. No, that's great. There is a portion of our country and our, certainly not even our youth, but uh, general population of just disenfranchisement because we do not live in a perfect society. So yeah, let's figure out how to keep those people happy and inspired and find something new. I always go back to, you know, the little book called who moved my cheese. You know, you may have thought you were going to do this, but actually someone moved the cheese and it's over here. So you need to go over here where the cheese is. It's adapt or die or adapt or perish, as you say. And I think it's true. Yeah. It, and I don't want I don't want people to I don't like it when people feel unhappy and un, maybe that's why I gravitated to crisis comms. I saw a need there and I like being that comforter. I like being a comforter. And so for me, that is a big a lot of this AI stuff and impact is very emotional. Mm-hmm. as helping them come to to the table i'm not going to solve everything impact can't solve everything but we want uh part of the table and i've i've held this up to you and i'm sorry but i'm doing this for your viewers as well if you see this is our our logo this part is inspired by the international brotherhood of electrical workers this is an old 1906 logo that i've adapted one cuz i believe that ai helps you grab the lightning bolt by the tail i love that but also because as members of this industry, not only do we have a collective interest in it, but we also have a collective responsibility to it. So we have a crowdstorming section of the third day of our event, and that's where we really bring everyone to literally to the table mm-hmm. and we uh, discuss problem statements and some of the challenges and we ideate. We come together as a community and we say, right, let's put our best brain power to it. And by the end of it, We'll have a white paper and and actually some good solutions and ideas. It's something it's it's something better than nothing, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna let Sam Altman have to do all the work himself. We yeah. also, as the little people, have to come up and speak up for ourselves. And I, I I love that, and I think it's gonna be these conversations 
that will uh, help people adopt the platform. It's going to be, it has to be more than here's the latest chat GPT cheat sheet. Say that right. 10 times fast because meaningful dialogue uh uh, has you know, opposing point of views trying to arrive at next steps. It's a discussion. Oh, we need yes. to have these discussions and that requires interaction and you're creating that form. So thank you so much. I, I will add that the lightning bolt was also the symbol for your logo for Elvis. It was the lightning bolt. And yeah, that's uh, what we're so going to do. He, he was from the South and so are you. Yeah. So I grew the lightning bolt. I'm a, I came from the surf community. So the lightning bolt was a big logo when I was a big surfer sign in, uh, back in my days in California. But anyway, hey, we're, we're running out of time. We wanted to keep this short, but thank you so much. Uh, you want to give one last plug to your conference? Yes, and yes, yes, yes. Please, please come. It, like I said, it's virtual. You can, I'm sure you, Kurt will probably put a website up here, but it's www.aimpact event.com and use Kurt's promo. It's Kurt D and you'll get 20% off. So, and he'll get lots of bragging, lots of bragging rights with me to get to do that. So hope to see you guys there in November. And of course, if you need anything on the fairy godmother of AI, feel free to reach out to me. I'm friendly. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. Kurt can tell you that's how we met. That's Thanks. right. Thank you so much. And please come back again. Love, love talking with you. And you're so, so warm and biting and knowledgeable. And I, I think it makes all of this approachable. And the technology walls come down when people talk and have a conversation. That's what we're trying to do here is just have a conversation cool. and cool. Be, ha, have, have a meaningful conversation that helps people because there is a lot of uncertainty and we need to overcome that. So Thanks again, and we'll, we'll see you later. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. You can now catch Realm IQ sessions on your favorite podcast channels, including Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart Podcasts. Or listen to the full sessions at kurtdoty.co forward slash Realm IQ. If your company is interested in reaching an audience of AI professionals and decision makers to promote your event or product, we do have sponsorship opportunities. If you enjoy these discussions on AI, please push that subscribe button below. I'll see you in the next video. Realm IQ. Book your corporate AI workshop today. Subscribe to our Media Slam newsletter and learn more about the intersection of design, content, and technology. KurtDoty.co Branding, Marketing, and Product Development.